0: Now it's time for a breakdown. Thank you, Nick. Nick. You're listening to Gap to Gap, brought to you by The Breakdown.
1: Three two. Double drilled deep to left field. Going back, choice. Looking up. See ya. Three thousand history with an exclamation point. Back to fall.
0: All right, episode number 39 this is according to CBS Sports this should be the 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 hilt Wilhelm episode but we're chalking it up as the Roy Campanella episode as we are rocking and rolling I'm Tommy he's seven Matt's not here tonight as boy I'm just so excited to be talking baseball because I've been talking hockey all week I've been doing a play, play-by-play for a hockey tournament so I'm as Glad to be talking America's pastime. Seven, how are you?
1: Oh, I'm doing great. Pitchers and catchers reported today, um, and just seeing videos and hearing that oh. metronome smack of the baseball going into the gloves—it's uh, it's sex. It's pure sex. This here's is, a here's a
0: genuine here's a genuine question. Better sound, like a 30 second clip of guys playing catch where you're getting that nice crack of the glove, or like Joey Votto taking BP.
1: Ooh, I think this, the the rhythmic, just pacing of the ball hitting the glove. On Could and not on. agree more. I just, I just love that sound.
0: Could not agree more. Hearing guys play catch with nice gloves is just, oh, it's it's ASMR. I oh. mean, <laughs> <laughs> oh my
1: god, can we get a Bella Danger to just do that, and just. Kind of play out the smack of the glove with the baseball <laughs> smack of that ass that didn't take long to get off the rails. Um, <laughs> uh, but here we are 39, it's 30 behind 69, so I have to give him something.
0: <laughs> it is not as nice of an episode as it could be, but we're still gonna try. Uh, <laughs> baseball is back, pitchers and catchers have reported, and you know, as these teams make their way to their certain facilities, uh, it's just a nice reminder of what these players could be striving for. Unless, of course, <laughs> you're the New York Mets.
1: Uh, even when they try to, like, do – the, the PR department – imagine being in that boardroom. I don't even know if it's a boardroom, like they're pitching a it movie. It probably is. It, it probably is, to be honest. But imagine being part of, like, the brain trust there. It's like, how do we market this to the players? Like, how do we make them feel like they're on the cusp of it? Oh, we have a great idea for you guys. And just show them something they don't have yet.
0: <laughs> I just imagine being one of those single-A guys. And if you don't if you haven't heard the story, the the New York Mets Port St. Lucie facility got a I think it was something like fifty-seven million dollar Yeah. 57. That can't, was it fifty it's it's a fifty-seven million dollar facility and the locker room is just absolutely beautiful. It's obviously a 90-man locker room for the for the spring training roster, and then it also happens to be the home the home field of the Port St. Lucie Mets, the Mets' Single A affiliate. Mm-hmm. And you know that beautiful locker room that that you guys are gonna use all spring. Yeah, we're gonna use that as storage from April to August. <laughs> you guys are gonna sit in. And honestly, the single A locker room is actually pretty nice. I saw some pictures of it as I was researching this.
1: Yeah, but it's like going from the Ritz Carlton, you know, to a decent apartment in outside of the city.
0: Yeah, exactly. And, and like I've seen the the Cleveland the Cleveland Indians single A affiliate. The Little is low A, but I've seen one of their A ball affiliates, the Lake County Captains. Uh, I've seen their locker room, and, and let me tell you, this is night and day, the Mets being nicer, but I feel like if the facility's
1: there, what the fuck's the point? That's the thing, like, that's why this is just classic Mets. You're, this is where the the single-A affiliate plays, why would you put this thing there knowing, and then, and then tell them straight up, by the way, like, you're not using this anytime during the season, like... Why would we want to make our employees feel great about the place they work? Because it's
0: it's literally you said it before, but it's it's to be it's to remain untouched as a and it's supposed to be a goal for what the single A players can work for and strive for at the big league level. And if that's not most the most candy ass thing I've ever heard, like, again, I going to I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back to your example of imagine being in that that uh, that boardroom and walking in and be like, we have to spin zone. What?
1: Yeah, it's a tough one, man. It's like for other teams that are down there, because uh, it's mostly single A teams that play down there year round. Like yeah. the Tampa Yankees have their their complex in Tampa, obviously. But uh, I've seen it. It's nice. It's not grand. They didn't spend sixty million dollars on it and not to use it. It's just like it, it's it just you're pissing money away. And this is classic Willpawns. And that, that's I mean, it's a good segue into the next point of meet the Mets. But this is why the wool puns are not good for this fucking franchise. Because if you just spend money to spend money, you have shit like this come up and it is a beautiful complex. And like, they spent a lot of money in the right areas, but if you're not going to use it, what's the point? And don't try to spin zone it and say, Oh, we want them to work hard to know that someday this could be theirs. Well, it's really not just someday going to be theirs because it's spring training anyway. So they're going to get in in the organization. Yeah. It's, it's, They get an invite to spring training. At most, they play there for a month in March. At the very worst, they just don't play there um, for more than, you know, 10, 15 games if they really do make it.
0: Yeah. Man, it's frustrating. Just absolutely frustrating to think that the Wilpons just continue to get it wrong at every turn. Just speaking of the Wilpons getting it wrong at every turn, <laughs> they can't even sell their fucking franchise the right way. I know. Steve Cohen has backed out of the deal and maybe blackballed from balling or buying another franchise in history uh, in his lifetime. Yeah. I, and I mean, it, I, I I I don't know where to turn with this one because on one end I understand his point. On the other end, you made a deal you gotta live with it
1: that's the thing like i get where he's coming from um with the regret that there's that's the thing with buying a a baseball team though there's buyer's remorse um especially the mets i would not want to buy the mets but um either or you buy this team like you know the terms you know it's not going to be an immediate transition there's going to be some type of a succession plan in place where the wool are going to ease out of operations. And you knew that going into it. So it's, it's tough for me to buy that this was the linchpin that, or the straw that broke the, cam- the camel's back in the end, because knowing this going into it and this, we reported this, what, almost two months ago now when the sale, yeah. um, broke, I guess, not the sale, but inklings of the sale broke. Um, so I, I find it hard to believe that this was it. This was like the final straw here. Um, something else probably came up and the public's not privy to it, but, and that, and that just goes back to the well ponds. Like you can't even sell your team. You should be able to sell this team pretty easily. It's in the media market capital of the United States. It's um, arguably in,
0: I mean the inter- entertainment capital of the world.
1: Yeah. Uh, you could say that. And that's, that's the thing. Like you have one of the most desirable locations for a team. Um, you're competing with the Yankees in that regard, but I can't imagine anyone gawking at saying, "Ah, you know what? I, I don't want to be in New York. Uh, it's a destination for business media. Everything goes into that. So I don't think that this was the main, it could be the main reason, but I don't think this was, everything came together and he just woke up on the wrong side of the bed and say, fuck, I'm not going to do it. I don't want to. Yeah. I
0: I don't really know. And it's a shame that, that, I don't know. I mean, I don't know from from our discussions about Steve Cohen. I don't think he looked. He seemed like the answer for any franchise to to have him be the guy. But
1: counterpoint, though, because his pockets are so deep, and that's one of the big benefits of getting a guy like Cohen. Because without a salary cap in baseball or anything, you're only constrained by the payroll that you have available. So imagine a team like Kansas City getting a guy like Cohen to just give a huge influx of capital. Um, yeah, that's very true. Not to say that they become the Yankees overnight, but it gives you that, that freedom to be able to sign people and, and give out extensions and keep your players happy. So I I understand why he might've been good on the operations end of it for the business. I don't know what his background is in baseball. I know he was a Mets fan growing up, but still it's, uh, it's too bad because New York fans should, they should have that opportunity to see a good product Uh, and not just on the Yankee side. Oh, sick, sick plug there, buddy. Well, I I mean, I know the last time the Mets were good. It wasn't too, too long ago, but it just seems like it's a dumpster fire there for the majority of it. Yeah, you're not wrong.
0: All right, moving on from that as, I mean, just absolute dumpster fire over there in New York. Mookie Betts, the trade is now official. I know we talked about it last week, and then it hit a lot of snags, but now official. Yeah. David David Price and Mookie Betts going to the Dodgers. Uh, the Red Sox get Verdugo and Jeter Downs. The Twins get Kenton and Maeda. and the Angels have officially backed out of the Jock Peterson trade. I know we talked about it last week, but but seven, give me your reaction here to this trade.
1: I think the optics of it is just it's really bad um, for Boston in general. Um, I know that the the original deal fell through for other reasons, but the, when you break it down more, it's the Red Sox had this opportunity now to not trade bets. Um, they could have pulled out and said, you know what, we're gonna keep them. We think we have a decent product and we'll try to compete and then we'll reevaluate at the trade deadline. I feel like that would have been the smarter thing to do. Granted, the return for bets at that point probably isn't as high, but worst case scenario, you trade them, you get a good prospect in return, good, not great. Best case is your team is ripping and roaring and you're competing with the Yankees and the Rays for that division. And it's a Cinderella story. At at worst, you still get something back, even though it's not going to be as great as Verdugo. I just think that the Red Sox were given second life here and instead they double down and it's just, it looks bad when you're forcibly trying to move your franchise guy like Betts and knowing that you're going to get backlash but it's like I don't care I just want to get something for him now I don't know because I know Betts has said he wants to test free agency but that shouldn't put the Red Sox off because the Red Sox have a lot of capital so this is what I was trying to say last week when we were breaking it down when the unofficial trade was being broke as news Bloom heading up that front office might be great and I think it's going to be good but I feel like he's still operating with that Tampa Bay mentality. It's like, dude, you don't own the Rays, right? or you don't work for the Rays anymore. You work for the Boston Red Sox. They have one of the best, the highest payrolls. You have some flexibility here, and I know they don't have all the flexibility right now, but you can work around that shit. Like, look at other teams in the league that have worked around it. Um, There's just, there's more freedom to exercise these options, and I felt like he felt like he was compelled to just make this trade uh, to the point where they doubled down on it when I didn't think they had to.
0: Yeah, it's almost like, and this is probably the wrong way to interpret the trade, but it was almost like they made the trade, they saw it on Twitter, and then went, oh, shit, we, we did get fleeced, didn't we? And then they were like, okay, you know what, paperwork hasn't gone through yet. Okay, hey, Dodgers, you said no give backsies, right? No? Okay, let's 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 work here. <laughs>
1: It must have kept the receipt for that one because... They, they must have. <laughs> I, uh, I, I I can't remember the last time I saw something like that. The only time that there was something that came up at the 11th hour, and when I say the 11th hour, I mean like way after, was when Pomeranz yeah. got traded from the Padres to the Red Sox, and they found out there was a physical issue um, with one of the players in the deal. It might have been Pomeranz. And the Red Sox had the chance to avoid that trade uh, from happening, and they didn't do it again. But... This is on a much grander scale when you trade a guy like Mookie Betts, and, and let's not forget that Price is in this deal too. I'm not saying Price is the David Price of four or five years ago, but he's still a very good pitcher. And to just throw him in there because of the salary, I get it on one hand, but at the same time, it's like you needed pitching, and Boston knows this. That's their weakest. That's the weakest link on their team right now is their pitching yeah. rotation. So. It just it, it doesn't feel like a tank, but it also doesn't feel like they're confident that they can compete in that division this year. And it's sad for fans because they expect really a certain is. they expect a certain degree of competitiveness, and you're you're kind of sapping that away from them now. Just saying, well, we're giving up on this year. We hope to be back next year. Um, I just I just don't like the message this sends to a fan base, and especially f- to a guy like Mookie Betts, who probably enjoyed playing in Boston, um, gets traded. Get, The deal falls through he's like all right maybe they won't do it and then you know 48 hours later we're back on the trade market and we're going to get rid of you again so it's just just mixed emotions if you're a red sox fan and i have to imagine that this season is probably going to have a lot of distractions um not because of this trade but this just only adds fuel to the fire in my opinion
0: yeah so Mookie and, and david price introduced to the media today and how weird did he look in a dodger's uniform
1: it looked weird um for Mookie. I honestly I didn't really get that with price just because I feel like price has bounced around a little bit. Yeah, but, agreed. Agreed. Um, but yeah, seeing Mookie in Dodger Blue was definitely something different. Um but I, that's the other thing too. If you're the Dodgers, was this the best trade for you? Um I think so. I, I think it's a good trade, but and again, like we don't know if he's gonna re sign and that's the whole that was the whole mystery around this whole trade to begin with, but If Mookie Betts goes, if he stays in Los Angeles past this year, then I think this is a great trade because I don't think it's going to be, he's definitely not falling off a cliff or anything. He's in the prime of his career. You're going to get the right player. You're going to get the player you saw in Boston the last few years. Um, But it all hinges on if he's going to do an extension with them. And we won't know that until after the season, because he has said that he's not going to do an extension midseason.
0: Well, according to MLB rumors from The Athletic, Multiple executives believe that Mookie Betts' next contract will surpass Bryce Harper's record of $330 Wow. So, eh? I don't know. If there's any team that's going to pay for it, it's the Dodgers.
1: That's true. That's the only team that really can pay for it at this point. Um, Or the Yankees. Or the Yankees. I I, I can't imagine him wearing pinstripes, man. I would love it, but I just... You
0: either die a hero... (laughs) <laughs> or you live long enough to see yourself become a
1: Yankee. it's shipping up to Gotham. Um, <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I would be super pumped if he came to New York, but I just don't – I can't see that happening. Um, but, yeah, I think if he stays in L.A., this is the perfect trade for the Dodgers. I still think the Red Sox – Verdugo's a good player. Um, I wouldn't say he's great. I don't know why everyone's hyping him up as, like, the next fucking – Willie Mays, like he's decent. We haven't seen him put together like a full season yet. Um, the numbers are good; they're not great. I think he has great. Obviously, he has great potential. Um, and we'll hear that about prospects till cows come home. But I think the the throw in in this deal for you know what it's being called, Jeter Downs. I think that could be a really solid piece for the Red Sox to get right now.
0: Yeah, definitely. And and how weird is it? Reds is going to be for Red Sox fans rooting for a guy named Jeter. Yeah, Jeter. <laughs> um. Oh, I had a thought on this and it completely cut out of my brain. So there's that.
1: <laughs> episode 39.
0: Um, yeah, it's episode 39. That's that's Hilt uh, Wilhelm getting his revenge, Hilt Wilhelm. Um Do you, I don't know what I think about Verdugo. He that's was a guy saying. He was a guy the Indians were really looking for if they were going to move Lindor to um to LA, but I don't know. I just, I'm just not sold on them.
1: I'm not sold on them just for the, re- like, I, I know the Red Sox, when you trade a guy like Betts, you want to get what you think is the most appropriate return, but the Red Sox, I feel could have gotten by without getting an outfielder back for an outfielder they traded. That's why it just seems kind of redundant from that lens. If you're the Red Sox, why wouldn't you try to go get a guy like Lux or May or one of these pitching I say, prospects?
0: I would say. I say I thought Dustin May was going to be the guy.
1: That's what I thought. That's that's why I, I'm, I'm a little. That's why I'm just a little shocked. If if I'm Boston, you have a glaring need in this rotation, and you traded a pitcher along with Betts, wouldn't you try to shake the tree just to see if May is even available? Because maybe sweeten the pot. I don't, I don't know what it takes, but I would want a pitcher back if I'm trading one of the best outfielders in the game. Because let's be honest, Mookie Betts is the top five outfielder in the game. So top three. Yeah, I, you could probably argue
0: that. And I think he's a top five player in in baseball. Forget outfielder.
1: Yeah. Either either way you look at it, he's an pressure echelon guy. He's a yeah. former MVP. Um, I would want to recoup my assets with something that I actually need. And not this best player on the on the draft board available because I don't even think Verdugo fits that category. I, just, I, I there was so many other needs that the Sox need, uh, or or should have taken advantage of, and they, I just feel like they missed the mark here.
0: Yeah, I I can't say I disagree, and like I think even with the the addition of Jeter Downs, the Red Sox still kind of got fleeced. Yeah, I uh, again, it's one of those things. It's it's hard to, it's hard to say because. Clearly, the Red Sox weren't going to try and retain Mookie. And if I, th- I think they were
1: going to try. I just think they didn't feel they they weren't confident that they could.
0: Okay, so so yeah, I mean maybe that's the better way to phrase it. If you're not confident you can retain Mookie, I mean I I feel like I've said this before in regards to Francisco Lindor. I said it when the Cavs had LeBron. If you have a superstar that you are convinced is going to leave, and you can get value for him in the meantime I mean honestly did you think the Red Sox with Mookie Betts and David Price would compete for a World Series title this year no then then go get any kind of value for him
1: yeah I just think so in in that
0: regard the Red Sox did get fleeced sorry go ahead
1: no I just think you want to get value but you also don't want to settle Mm -hmm. um and that's that's the whole argument here it's it's when you have a guy like and, and this goes for the Marlins with Stanton when they traded Stanton and they got a They bagu- got fleeced. They got fleeced. Um, or with the Rockies potentially trading Arenado or the Cubs trading Bryant, um, teams know that they're unhappy and they're not gonna play for this team much longer. So and that may be contributing to the social media era because teams and front offices know things before, you know, they other teams do or we as the public can actually see this shit and when everyone's weighing their opinions and you have an an idea of what's going on it just creates murky waters to be able to actually work in because when you're trying to get the most value out i think 20 years ago it's it's easier said than done but i think 20 years ago the socks get a much better return because with all the advanced scouting and analytics and everyone looking into every possible outcome now it's easy for the Sox to, to go up to the podium and say verdugo's our guy this is why and they can knock off you know 15 to 20 bullet points on him but in the at the end of the day it's it comes down to this there's a glaring hole on your roster and it's pitching and you didn't shake the tree to get the pitching
0: yeah that's actually a good way of putting it it's a good way of putting it all right so we have spring training baseball and in 10 days time or not i'm sorry nine days time yes We will have spring training games. Actually, eight days from drop. Eight days time, we will have... I feel like he's getting closer, even closer, even closer. In a little over a week's time, we're going to have baseball. Uh, Seven, give me something that you're going to keep your eye on in terms of spring training games throughout March and February.
1: The big one I'm going to be looking at is the rule changes, especially with the three batter minimum. I think this is a pretty stupid rule, uh, personally. So, obviously the spring is to test things out and see how it works, but knowing that this is going to be a rule instituted into the league for the league year, uh, I'm keeping a close eye on that, because this changes drastically the way managers manage their bullpens and matchups and and everything in between. So, that's one thing that I'll be looking at.
0: Hmm, interesting. Uh, I want to dive deeper into those rules in a second. There's two things, one serious, one not, that I'm going to be looking for. The not serious is all the Nike gear. I want to see how it looks. I want to see uh, what they replace with with all the majestic pullovers. I want to see what they re- what Nike rolls out with. That's the nerd. It's the equipment nerd in me. It's not changing. Sorry. The other thing is I love looking at some of these young young prospects. And there's a couple that I want to. I really want to keep an eye on this spring. And the one I just discovered today. And I think I'm in love with—not in love with him, but in love with what he (laughs) represents—and this is gonna make Jesse from the breakdown pretty, pretty happy. Orioles reliever Hunter Harvey. Ooh,
1: potential my guy.
0: My guy's got a mullet straight out of 1982, a mustache straight off Kenny Rogers, and oh yeah, he chucks 99.
1: I was looking at his numbers today. He had a 1.88 ERA last year, and it was a decent sample size. So Yeah. I don't so, know. I think uh, I like Harvey. I, I like the look, and I like everything you just talked about. Uh, I'll be keeping an eye on him as well.
0: I will as well. And then uh, another one from the Indians, Nolan Jones, I want to take a look at. Um, he's a, a young uh, a young third baseman, corner infielder that could find his way to the big league level this year. Um for the indians or could be a potential trade ship in, in in depending on where the indian season goes also uh rumor has it that domingo santana about to be an indian as of tomorrow well as of drop day which would be thursday appa- allegedly santana is in good year taking his physical for the indians right now signing could be announced as
1: soon as thursday I love it. A little break and scoop here. little um, scoop, scoop. What do you do? <laughs> I do love spring, though, just because for the first couple of weeks, when of the top prospects are up before they send them down back to the minors. Uh, yeah. You do get a chance to look inside of, of what the league could look like in a couple of years' time. Uh, granted, they're going to be more polished by the time that time rolls around. It's just a time so many fucking times. Jesus Christ. Um. <laughs> anyway, that era will look How different. many
0: times did you say time? Uh, Three, four times okay three four times so two times two is how many times you said time yes correct (laughs) correct uh my honestly another another part oh my goodness another part of spring training that i love is just how your favorite team's uh tv station covers it and then you know you get so many substitutions And just, like, you'll be like, oh, now batting is... I don't even... I'm not even going to pretend to know names here. Now batting is John Morant. And it's like, oh, nope, check that. That's actually Kevin Love. And it's just like... (laughs) Like, what are we doing? And I just... I love the chaos of it. And then it reminds me of... I don't know if you've ever seen the clip, Seven. But there was a Cardinals game where the Cardinals pinch ran somebody. And they didn't have the the guy listed on the roster. So they went to put like a banner up of him and like, you know, how they do like the, uh, they, I'm trying to think of how to describe it. Like when they, they put like the banner underneath the, the guy. Oh when yeah. It comes yeah. To the, yeah plate. Like the ticker. Yeah. The ticker. And it's said, it's called a lower third in the biz, but they put a lower third up and it just said minor league guy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh. It might, it
0: might be the image that we use to, uh, to do our timestamp this week, I'm actually gonna send it to you right now. Yeah, just I think so can that view. has
1: to be because that's gonna there's gonna be a lot of that. Um, and that's also the, my biggest gripe with spring training. It's uh, I know there's so many people. Well, there's so many people, but I, I get it. Like there's gonna be a lot of opportunities for people to to get a chance. But after the first couple of weeks, after like the top guys get sent back down to get some more seasoning, and we just have to fill out a, a spring roster, we're getting guys that. You know you'll never see in the big leagues, and you know we'll never make it, and we're, never, we're not going to remember their names in t minus two days. So, uh, another
0: another fun thing that I love about spring training is you get the big league guy who didn't travel to the to the other big league game. You know what I mean? Like well, let's say the Cardinals are, or the, the the clip of minor league guy. I'm actually watching it right now. Is Cardinals at Mets? So let's just say hypothetically, Paul Goldschmidt was nursing a hand injury, and, and he stays back at the facility. While the Mets or the Cardinals travel to the Mets facility, he'll play in a minor league game at the Cardinals facility, mm-hmm. and then you just get Paul Goldschmidt hitting an absolute tank off a 19-year-old straight out of Cuba, and
1: <laughs> fresh off the boat.
0: Fresh off the boat out of Cuba, and then he doesn't even run the bases because he's like, "Yeah, I don't fucking need this."
1: Yeah, I mean that's good. Gonna... <laughs> Josh
0: Donaldson famous for that, by the way.
1: I actually, um, someone on the Yankees did it last year too. I remember who the fuck was. It doesn't matter, but, yeah, it's, like...
0: I fucking love it.
1: I, I do love, like, the veteran, like, why am I here, you know. I yep. I, I don't need this shit right now, but... <laughs> another, another
0: funny one is, like, in the fourth inning, like, after guys get their two at-bats, and you just see guys just straight walk out of the dugout with their bat bag and just fucking head for the fence and just say, deuces. Yep. The Indians do that all the time, and I saw a clip of Bryce Harper do it one year. Just like, yep, I got my two at-bats. I'm going the fuck home.
1: Yeah. It... <laughs> oh my god is this
0: alex cora hitting in this it is
1: oh my god that's amazing
0: no trash cans present but i don't have the audio playing well clearly
1: this was before the trash cans entered because he wasn't good enough to even get a fucking name grace with his nameplate
0: oh no 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 it is it is it's alex cora hitting it's minor league guy on third
1: gotcha okay i haven't watched the (laughs) clip yet i just saw this thumbnail
0: yeah you're right it is Cora, okay (laughs) That's funny. I didn't realize that until now. All right, let's dive into the rule changes that you mentioned. Uh, The three batter minimum, the roster moving from 25 to 26, which I think is the right move. Kind of a weird number, but I think it's the right move. It's the right move. And now managers only have 20 seconds to challenge after a play, which I also think is the right move. Do You want me to fix replay right now?
1: Yeah, please. I'll, please. I'll, I'll,
0: I'll do it live on Gap to Gap. Here's how you fix it. You give them 20 seconds. I'm am cool with that. You give them. You don't let them look at it in slow mo. They have to ch- choose from a full speed replay. If if they choose to challenge it, then the the New Yorker, wherever it goes to review it. That guy's sitting in a dark room watching Friends reruns till the cows come home. He's not watching baseball. He doesn't get to see what the call on the field was, and Ooh. then he has to t- determine from the replay safe out catch no catch fair foul indisputable evidence is gone just have the one guy who's the letter of the law official and he is the guy that makes the call
1: counterpoint if you really want to get viewership and audience members more engaged with this sport i like that idea we should leave it up to america have ryan c chris cut to break america what's the outcome of this
0: okay here's the problem with that
1: (laughs) it would not help the speed of the game but did you ever did you ever play madden 12 i mean i've played a lot of maddens in my life which who was the cover athlete on 12
0: and and this is the reason why i bring madden 12 up peyton hillis oh you're right (laughs) And you know why Peyton Hillis is on the cover of that? Because Cleveland fans. fans don't lose Twitter votes or whatever the fuck the poll is. Cleveland fans do not let that lose. So fucking Francisco Lindor could be out by three <laughs> steps. But if, if fucking Tito needs that run, guess who's going to challenge that thing? And guess who's not backing down? Oh, yeah. Cleveland fans.
1: That's a good point. I forgot about Peyton Hillis. That's a fucking name drop.
0: Yep. I mean, Peyton Hillis actually used to chop it up on Twitter from time to time.
1: Oh, what's he up to these days?
0: I, I couldn't tell you. I haven't talked to him in four years. But we had, we had like, five or six, like, six tweet conversations.
1: Oh, man of the people. Yeah,
0: the man of the people, Peyton Hillis. Actually, he used to walk around Cleveland holding a football, and if you could come up to him and knock it out of his hands, he'd give you 200 bucks on the spot.
1: Jesus Christ. Yeah. We need more of that shit.
0: We do. All right, let's talk about a three batter minimum. We've... we've, we've, we've uh, putzed around long enough this is awful for the game of baseball
1: terrible this is as bad as it gets when you think about like a rule change that just affects the way you manage a game i think the tw- like the other things a 26 man roster i'm fine with that i think that helps uh, especially nl teams when uh you're, tr- you're trying to fill out a bullpen and you always have that extra bench piece and you don't know what what to do it evens the game out a little bit more in that regard uh the 22nd challenge i get it you want to speed the game up Seacrest aside, I think they should be able to get it right in 20 seconds. Um, Agreed. The three batter minimum, though, think about guys that have come through the league. Like, lefty specialists are a great example. Like, Mike Myers back in his heyday when he was pitching for every fucking team known to existence. But his job and the reason he kept getting contracts was because he was good at getting left-handers out. Yep. So they would bring him in. The Indians had
0: Oliver Perez this past year.
1: Oliver Perez is a good example. Like. Andrew Miller before he became Andrew Miller—that was his yep, job. Yep, I was
0: gonna mention him.
1: Um, so you're hindering the ability of, for managers to go matchup dependent now, and that's what makes baseball so interesting. It's like a chess game because you have, as a manager on the other end, you have to wonder: Do I pinch hit here? Like, what do I? What am I doing here? Because if he brings a lefty in, I'm screwed. Or on the flip side, it, there's so many different ways you can make this out to be just like I said before a chess game and, it, and it's really just getting into the mind of the manager and seeing their thought process kind of played out for you on tv and it just it takes away that element of I don't want to say excitement but I guess intrigue from those of us that are real baseball fans that want to actually understand what's going on instead of just trying to get the game done with and that's especially in the postseason how many times have you been like clutch your seat thinking like holy shit like this could be it like Second and third, two outs, lefty up, brings in a lefty to, to match up with them. Like that's, that's the intrigue that we're, we're going to lose now.
0: The baseball purist is dying. Big time. And it is dying at the hands of one Robert Manfred. Bad for baseball. Baseball is a thinking man's game. That's the reason you're able to sit through three hours and 30 minutes or four hours of legitimately two minutes of ball-in-play action. Yeah. Because it makes you think. It makes you play the chess game. It's the reason I fell in love with the game, and it's a reason a lot of people fall in love with the game. And flip side of that, it's the reason that as a baseball fan who loves that chess match, I can see... Why people say it's boring. I really can. Because if you don't fall in love with you know, the, the pitcher shaking off three times and the batter having to step out because he, he wants to throw the pitcher's rhythm off and make him double think that pitch, and then he steps back in, and then the guy picks to second, and, and, and the chess game that's constantly moving around the ballpark. If you don't if you're not keen to that going on, and you just see it as okay. And he called timeout, and now pitcher's taking forever. Okay, now he threw the ball. If you don't see all the beauty of what's going on with the chess game of baseball,
1: it's a fucking boring game. Yeah, and it. I mean, you hear all the time people explaining it as like watching paint dry, and I, I get that argument if you're casual and you don't understand the game of baseball. I totally understand. To echo your sentiment, I get that part. But the other issue with this too is if you have some managers out there who are just intent on fucking finding loopholes, like Joe Baden comes to mind because I just thought of this and I'm sure he has. If it's a three batter minimum and you just want to bring a guy into phase one guy, you can intentionally walk people to get to that guy to get the three batters.
0: The problem with that is however, that, um, now you're putting yourself like think about when you're going to bring in a reliever. Right. But here, here's, here's the loophole that I see, and, and baseball's going to have to find a way to police this. I go get XYZ Reliever out of the pen. Joe Random. I go get Joey Lunchbox out of the pen. Joey Lunchbox give, It's the eighth inning in a one-run game. Joey Lunchbox gives up a tank on his first pitch. Okay, tie ball game. Joey Lunchbox gives up a double to the second hitter. Well, guess whose fucking arm just started hurting? Joey Lunchbox. Get the trainer. Okay, yeah, Joey's got an elbow, he's got a... And guess who's going to get an MRI? Oh, MRI comes back negative. Joey Lunchbox is pitching on Tuesday.
1: See, that's going to make managers just... Like, Joe Maddon's going to shit his depends when he has to think about how to police that. Because I, I look at guys like that who are... Like, he's a guy that protests games for the fun of it. How do you think this is going to go over with a guy like him? Or a guy like Aaron Boone who prides himself on trying to get the right matchups. I mean, every manager yeah, does, but exactly. This is not good because we've hit all the points, but the other issue with this too is, and you kind of mentioned it and I'll just go in further onto that injuries. A lot of these pitchers in the bullpen do not have the arm strength or the stamina or the makeup to pitch more than one to two batters as it is. That's why they're in the fucking bullpen to begin with half the time. So when you start forcing pitches on their arms, You're right. Injuries are going to spike. We're going to see more Tommy John. It's like the MRI issue with football a couple years ago. It's going to be the same thing with pitchers coming out of the bullpen. And I'm not, I don't think I'm too bold for saying that could happen.
0: I don't think you are either. I think, I think these guys are capable of going three batters at a time. But the lefty specialist is now dead. He's dead. Nobody's going to stack three lefties back to back to back in their lineup no matter what your lineup is, nobody's going to do it. And I, I don't know, this is frustrating to me. Um, and again, I think, I think baseball is going to have to figure out a way to police that, you know, you got rocked in your first two hitters. Well, guess who's, who's arm or who's hamstring just started hurting things yeah. you can't prove. Hey, I got is, it. Does it hurt right? Yeah. Ow, ow, ow. Oh, well the MRI says you're completely fucking fine. Yep.
1: Well, the other issue, too, is...
0: Do you force guys to the DL?
1: You, you force guys to the DL. Um, teams like Tampa, who are all about their openers and their unorthodox way of constructing their pitching rotation. So, when you start mixing in that, like, Tampa does it perfectly. They have a guy start for one to two innings. If you can get three out of them, great. Go to your bulk guy, finish out the game with just matchups. Um, this alters the way that you construct your pitching too now, because if you have a guy that's not used to throwing more than 25 to 30 pitches max, uh, and he has to pitch that amount every time he's out now, it, I'm not saying he will, but if he's expected to, um, days off in between, like most guys are expected to be able to be on call at a moment's notice. How does that play into this now with your manager thinking, Oh shit, I used him Yesterday for four batters or three or three batters, whatever it is, and now I gotta fucking use them again today. Like just the arm for three batters. Yeah, yeah. It's just gonna add up.
0: That's a great point. I didn't even think about that. The 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 long term effect of it.
1: Yeah, it's. I mean, we talk about Hmm. speeding up the game, but at what cost? Because you're speeding up the. You're. It's like Manfred's looking at this. Trying to ge- like he's trying to be like Steve Buscemi. What what is up, fellow kids? Because he just wants to connect with the mass audience. He
0: wants to connect with with the person that thinks baseball is boring, and, and that's yeah. not your fucking
1: target. No, you should you should cater to the fans that are paying for this product, that love this product, and that want to see it played right. Like we don't want this to turn into an experimental league because it, it's America's pastime. It this there is a huge argument to be made that this is baseball purism. Do not fuck with this. Do not trot on me. This is my sport. And I don't want it to turn into an experimental league because that's why we have the minors for if you want to try shit out, do it there, do it in independent leagues, just not in the MLB. And I, and I don't even think that they can get a sample size. That's going to be big enough, uh, even to, to prove wrong or prove right until it's too late and that's going to be the issue like no no one is They based us. this on the on the fucking Atlantic League. Yeah. That's right. The Atlantic League. I was I was drawn a blank there. You're fucking right. The Atlantic League, they fucking moved the mound back 2 feet in the second half. Yeah.
0: Like what the fuck? Trevor Bauer is 100% right and I, I, that
1: hurts to say, well, but he I, is. <laughs> I think he's right in his talking points. I think he's going about it wrong. Um Oh, he's
0: definitely going about it wrong. But he,
1: I, I do agree with what he's saying. I just, I wish there was a better ambassador to champion this, if that makes sense.
0: Mm, absolutely, absolutely. I couldn't agree more, actually. And like, it's it's sad because, like you said, it's it's a guy who's met with mixed reviews in the league in terms of how he comes across. And this will transition into the next point of the of the new playoff format. Uh, can also, you know, uh, proposed by by uh, Darth Manfred. <laughs> Major League Baseball is reportedly quote seriously weighing an overhaul of the league's playoff structure. Their proposal would expand the field from five to seven teams, three divisions, four wild card teams. Yeah. The reported proposal in- includes a, v- a buy for the top team and a three-game wild card round series, and the chance for teams to pick their postseason op- opponent. This is according to Joel Sherman of the New York Post. Here's the highlights of the plan: seven teams from each league, teams with the best record in the league get a buy. Two other division winners and the top wild card team host all three games of a best two out of 3 series. Two other division winners get to pick their wild card opponents during a live broadcast from three other wild card teams. The top wild card plays the unpicked team. The three series winners and the team with a bye advance to the divisional round as we currently know it. So, for example, we'll go with last year's National League. The Dodgers would have gotten a bye. The Braves had the next best record followed by the Cardinals. The wild cards in order would have been Nationals, Brewers, Mets, Diamondbacks. So the Dodgers would get a bye. Then on live TV, the Braves and the Cardinals would pick who they want to play. So let's just say hypothetically, if if it went to chalk and you picked the teams in order of record, Braves would play Diamondbacks, Cardinals would play Mets, Nats would play Brewers. But. The beauty of this is you can pick your team. So, Braves could hypothetically say, we want the Mets, give me them. Cardinals could say, we want the Brewers. Nats get stuck with the Diamondbacks. Three games, all in the higher seeds ballpark, which is the worst part of
1: this, I think. I think that's the worst part. I mean, that's the whole argument that's... I First off, I don't want this to turn into the fucking NBA. I, I do yep. not want... bingo half the league on the American league and the national league playing each other for a fucking world series. Like that's why you play 162 fucking games. So you can choose, like you don't choose it's if you're good enough to be there, you're good enough to be there. I shouldn't be able to choose my opponent. That's like, you know what? No
0: one's ever said when they thought about the baseball season. Hey, let's play more games.
1: Yeah. Like this is not the answer to that. Um, And I get it. Money, money speaks. Manfred, I don't know why you're doing it. Um, it's just, it's not good. It's, when you take the... The cup. Diamondbacks won 85 games last year. They missed the playoffs by 20 games. No, it's bad, dude. It's
0: really fucking bad. They missed the division by 20 games. No, they but still. The, like the they, wild card by four.
1: I, I know, but that, that four games should mean something. Like Exactly. That, that's the whole point. Like, I don't give a fuck if you're in the NL West. That's what—that's the beauty of trying to get that those two wild card spots. You have to tooth like, you need to just go nuts to make a run. And you know, like it's competitive. Baseball is super competitive in that regard, and that's why that in the NFL their playoff structure is perfect the way it is right now. You have all that drama in September. Who's going to make it? Who's not? And who needs to reevaluate in the off season. And that's the beauty of it because baseball is super competitive and it's super strategic in that. We don't really know until it's the final day of the season. Sometimes, yep. But when you take that element of surprise or that element of intrigue out, and you're left with just a fucking hodgepodge, you know, half the leagues making it. What fun is that as a viewer? Especially if you're a fan of the team that's in that wild card position, and they get to play. It's basically just bullying at that point. It's like, oh, we're, yeah. we're going to beat up on the bad team, and we get to play them at home. Yeah, um, for three games. For three fucking games. So-
0: so so last year in the American League, the Indians were the odd team out at 93 wins. They would make the playoffs under this format. So would the Red Sox at 84 wins. You know who is next on that list? I think the Rangers, right? The Rangers at
1: 78 wins. Yeah, like that's that's not right. They're not good enough to be a playoff team, so don't give them the don't give them that facade that they are. Like it should be earned. And, then, and that's why the season's so long to begin with. Yeah. You have enough opportunity to show which teams belong and which teams don't. And that's... What are you about? Yeah. And that's why the whole wildcard race is so intriguing to fans because, oh, you know what? I, if we make a run, look at the fucking Nationals. The Nationals are a wildcard team and they just won the World Series doing it the right way in this formula that exists today. And it was the perfect... It was a Cinderella story. It was perfect to watch. And it captivated people to root for them. They were the underdog. When you have four underdogs, it's not that fun anymore cuz you're just watching exactly. like sudden death.
0: Exactly. The, I I'm comparing this to the NBA playoffs cuz they're the closest thing because 8 of the fi- six, uh, 15 teams in the conference get in. This I mean in baseball it would be 7 of the 15 teams in in their respective leagues would get in. You mm-hmm. know who is the 8 seed in the NBA right now in the East?
1: Couldn't tell you. I stopped watching cuz of the next.
0: Yeah. I don't watch. I don't watch either. But it's the Orlando Magic. They're seven games under five hundred, and they would make the
1: playoffs right now. See that? Like, if you're not even good enough to match your own record, like, or your your own losses, like, why you don't you have no business to be in the playoffs? Exactly. And this is an NBA podcast, so we're not going to get into that. But but like, golly, like, what are we doing? Yeah, man. Especially baseball too, because baseball is one of those sports where it's not high. It's It's not high-energy, fast-paced. pace. uh, What we were talking about earlier, the baseball purism comes back. It's a chess game, and we want to see the right matchup on TV. We don't want to look at the Dodgers playing the the fucking Diamondbacks.
0: Do you want to fix... I I don't think that the the playoffs are bad right now. No, I think they're good. If you want me to quote-unquote fix it, here's how I think you do it. You don't add more teams. You make the wild card a best two out of three. Yeah. That's a good you, point. You shorten the season by maybe four games, so we're not backing up to into mid-November now. But you, So you make it 158. That's not going to affect records by that much. And then you make the wild card two out of three. You get a, a clear indication of who is the better team. Because, yeah, the, the Nationals won the World Series, but they were on the ropes in that wild card game.
1: True. I mean, there was some super heroics that had to come through. And an error. And, and an error, yeah, that's a good point. But that, again, like, devil's advocate, isn't that the beauty of it? Because that's the unexpected mm, part of that's it. That's true. That you just, you can't, like, that's why that one-game plan is so important right now because it's do or die. Like, this is this is what this whole season came down to.
0: And every play is amplified. Exactly. So, yeah, you know what, I, th- I'm, I think I'm going to flip it. I think I'm going to keep it a
1: one-game playoff. I think it's fine the way it is. I, I don't think we need to change the game to the point where it's not even recognizable anymore. Because, th- it's becoming that. It, it really is, and I know Manfred's flirting with all these choices and decisions. Like there needs to be someone in his ear at all times to just say, "Don't fucking do it." That just <laughs> just don't do it it's not just put not trevor bauer in the corner of his office i would like that's Constant. why i wish there was a better like ambassador to this shit because when bauer is done with with his playing career uh god forbid the league is where manfred takes it or where he wants to take it at that point but i mean i can't foresee an event where trevor bauer takes a fucking position with the major league baseball office uh and he's actually valued and listened to because he's he flies <laughs> off the handle. Like, yeah. We need someone like from the Players Association or someone to be that confidant to be able to go in there and say this is what the players want and this is what we believe. Because ultimately it's the players that have to deal with this more than anyone. Because, yeah. And we as fans can bitch and moan about it all we want until the cows come home. But if you're a player and you just got dropped all this shit on your plate and said, fuck, I got to play until like December now because Manfred wants to make more money off this sport – that's got to be taxing and it's got to be a lot to just manage on your own knowing that the game is in a good place where it is today. And Bauer in that interview, I encourage everyone to watch because he hits on a lot of points uh, on how to get people to engage with the sport. But in the end, it's just don't change something to the point where it's not even what it is today. If it's not broke, do not fix it.
0: Bingo. Uh, Another couple points that Bauer hit on in there. The, the, the freedom of MLB highlights and accessibility to those highlights needs to be opened up.
1: Yeah. That, I, mean, I don't think
0: there's any argument there. That's, I, I, I can't understand the argument for restricting highlights. And the for blackouts on TV games deals. and everything. Yeah. yeah,
1: I can't understand that.
0: Um, The cleats, it's tired at this point. Fucking let guys wear whatever cleats they fucking like. I want. could
1: give two shits about the cleats, to be honest. Here's the
0: thing. I would bet ninety. 3, 95% of guys are just going to wear their fucking Nikes with their team colors. Yeah, And you get your Mike Clevengers that go wild, or your Bryce Harpers that go, that, that puts cartoon characters on them, or, or whatever it is, and guess what? Those guys are your fucking ambassadors to the league now. These you know kids what? are going to eat that shit up.
1: You want to have fucking your hobby school, like... Yeah, you want to have your old-school guard still wear their their three-color, team-color cleats with the Nike swoosh? And there's going to be plenty of them. You want to have Mike Clevenger with fucking Lilo and Stitch on the heel and the Incredible Hulk wearing a fucking dildo on his forehead? Go for (laughs) it. I don't give a shit. If he wants to wear it, let him fucking wear it. If he wants to express himself, let him express himself, because you're right. That engages fans to engage with the player, and in turn, watch the fucking game.
0: I'm going to do my Colin Coward real quick, because this is... I, if you're walking down the street, do you recognize Mike Trout? You don't. You just don't. Mike Trout is an electrician. He goes in, he does his job, and then he gets out. Nobody knows who he is. Nobody knows what he's about. LeBron, I, I, it's fucking like it's just it's. It, that was I'm probably gonna cut that because I was fucking stupid. But
1: but you're right though, like, Mike Trout can walk down the street in Manhattan if he's playing in New York. And I'm sure people would recognize him, but not to the scale where if it was LeBron James or I'm trying to think of another. It doesn't matter. Any superstar thing. from a different league.
0: You could tell me, granted, if you watched the Knicks consistently, you would recognize their sixth man, their eighth man off the bench if you walked down the streets in New York.
1: Yeah, not at this point, but I know what you're saying.
0: Exactly. But but at, at the height of the Knicks, when it was Patrick Ewing in the garden, you could tell me who the eighth man off the bench was. You could recognize all 13 of those guys. And Mark Cuban talked about this in an interview with Barstool last week. If, boy, I, I, I can't even name a bench player not on the Indians right now. If a replacement-level level player off of a team not in your division... Walked by you on the street, you might look at him go, "That's a big motherfucker," but you might not say, "That's, uh, Freddie Peralta of the of the Milwaukee Braves." And I just brought up that's not. I wouldn't say that's Luis Urias,
1: right? Or Fernando Tatis Jr. Or like any of these young superstars coming up right now, right? Like, there's no. You can't put. You're not recognizing them. No, just not. They're not recognizable, and they're not. They're marketable, but they're not marketed the right way because we don't have access to that as fans.
0: All right, let's end on some positivity here because baseball is back. Baseball is back.
1: The baseball we, we know are... and love is back with a little tweak. But
0: So here's my question for you as we move forward. We're coming up on season two that the Gap to Gap has been around for. Do we market it? as season two or do we just keep on rolling through Whew. i think we- season two electric boogaloo
1: Ooh. or <laughs> see now i'm i was gonna say we just let it run but i kind of like the electric boogaloo <laughs> <laughs> Oh my I god, lo- that
0: can be just our opening day is season two electric boogaloo um but i say we keep it keep it rocking and rolling in season one because i like and we'll ask maddie p we'll ask jordan um, the end to end boys are the uh, over at uh, the, the hockey podcast from the breakdown are the ones that maybe think about it cuz they're on their second season and they have gone in on marketing season 2 episode you know 10 or whatever it is if you are interested in 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 uh, nhl content the the end to end boys are the ones to go it's coming up on the trade deadline and they got you covered if you have a hypothetical trade uh, drop a good old uh, thomas vesio a line and and, and Maybe you'll be featured
1: on the show. Tommy. Yes. I got a quick CK question for you as we close this out. Uh-oh. Your biggest surprise heading into this season? Player or team? Both. The
0: surprise team is going to be the Chicago White Sox. Like it. They are going the White Sox are gonna finish better than the Twins. Now I don't know where that will be in regards to the AL Central but you can book it right now. The White Sox will have more wins than the Minnesota Twins at the end of the season. Wow. My surprise player, I do not know. Hmm. Um, Who's yours? Who's yours? Uh, Let's spin it on you while I think because I didn't prep for this question.
1: I know. I just kind of <laughs> threw it at you.
0: Um, that's a good That's a good SeatGeek question. Put in promo code breakdown. Get 20 bucks off of your first SeatGeek purchase as SeatGeek Life's an Event. We have the tickets.
1: My surprise team for this year is going to be the Reds. I think okay. I think the Reds are actually going to win that division. Um, my surprise player—that is a—that is a, that is a ho- whoa. Yeah, I'm going. We, there. We, 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 whoa. I'm going there. I I feel very confident in that team just on paper, and all the moves they've made. I like it. My surprise player, also coming from that team, Mike Mustakis. I think Mustakis gets the batting title in Cincinnati this year.
0: All right. This is as hot as takes get. But I think I'm going to talk myself into it as the year goes on. And I'll probably talk myself out of it by the second week of April. April. But here it is. My surprise player of the year is not a good surprise. Oh. Nolan Arenado. Falls off of a motherfucking cliff this year. <laughs> I think he got breaded up by the Rockies and they said, Rocky for life, here's our guy. And then all this wind of him being moved did not sit well with him. And I think it shows on the field. And if they move him, it's gonna be it's gonna rear its ugly head in a bad, bad
1: way. I don't hate that. Like I kind of, I can kind of see that playing out as you say it. So
0: the Rockies fell off a cliff as a team last year. That's true. And one Arenado was the only bright spot. I also saw a report. Somebody said Trevor Story is the best shortstop in baseball right now, and I literally laughed out loud. Who said that? I, I couldn't tell you. I'll see if I can find the tweet, but I don't know if he cracks top five. No, there's
1: so many other good shortstops in the league. Like you're just
0: gonna mess around and pretend that that. <laughs> Xander Bogarts Francisco Lindor I hate that I'm saying this out loud but Tim Anderson don't exist
1: Gleyber Torres Tatis Gl- like there's five right there yeah I, I can't believe I just said that Tim Anderson was a top five shortstop yeah then it happens
0: I, I, I'm i mad at myself and I, I think that's where we gotta wrap up for today.
1: <laughs>
0: until next time thank you so much for listening to Gap's Gap Well, Maddie G I'll be back next week I'm Tommy D7 until next time see